Uh, hi, before we begin the season finale, I think, of Get Cynical Season 4, I want you all to know you're not allowed to make fun of Esther just because <laughs> she got turned into Jerry Lewis, okay? Okay. Wait, Esther, can you do me a huge favor? Just say the phrase, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, and the- do it in, like, the least Rick and Morty sounding <laughs> voice you can manage right now. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. How is this real? <laughs> I don't know. You sound like a fucking cartoon character. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to comment on it. You sound like Milhouse. <laughs> How is that going to work, Esther? <laughs> okay, so you all are not allowed to make any rude comments about this, and you all have to be mature. This is like a sex sex ed class in fifth grade. You cannot laugh at anything. Yeah, this is like sex. So please, please, everyone, just be grown up while we talk about the the heat death of Cracked.com. So in the 2020 video Jason Pargan made about what happened to Cracked, he urges and implores the audience of his video to not harass and not be mean to the people who still work at Cracked because... He insists that the company that currently runs Cracked is not the one that laid everyone off. There was, you know, a change of management from EW Scripts to literally media. And he says, you know, the people there are trying to do good work and maybe build the site back up to what it was. So, you know, he he was, like, very adamant that, like, this was just a bad event, like, tumultuous layoff. But he hopes that things can get back to normal. And uh, they tried. They tried. There's a lot of articles that kind of have that old style. There's a whole lot of new video content now. Like a shocking amount of new video content now, if anything. Uh, given how little money there is in any of this. But... Yeah, it's almost... It's kind of like they felt obligated, basically. Like, well, it's, you know, it's the 2020s now. Like, obviously we have to have some kind of... Like video, like YouTube present. There's a great comment on one of the videos we watched today. That's like, wow, isn't it? I, I, I didn't think I'd see videos from this account pop back up in my subscription feed. <laughs> Almost you know? all of the comments I see on these videos are just either like, well, it's not the old stuff, but uh, hey, you know, I'll give it a shot. Or damn, I thought I unsubscribed from this channel. <laughs> And you look at the view counts and almost all of them have views like 15,000 or something. Like just yeah, really, it's, it's really brutal. sad and pathetic view counts. And uh, even when they bring back some of the old uh, old hosts for a little reunion tour, it's uh, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not what it once was. So the reason one of them came back uh, is very. The implications are very sad. That's what I'll say. And that's we'll get to that at the, closer to the end of the episode. Yeah, but for starters. We've got to talk about the writing on this site. So I want everyone listening to this to do a little experiment for me. I want you to go to the front page of crack.com right now. And I want you to turn off your ad blocker. And then I want you to try and read two or three articles. Just, just go ahead and do that for me real quick. Now, come back. How the fuck is this site functioning? How is this still usable? This is the worst website I have ever seen. <laughs> I have seen porn websites that are have less intrusive ads than this. This is crazy. And it also was like using so much RAM on my computer and so much memory. <laughs> like I had I had the fucking Apple activity monitor open. And, like, every single cracked page I had was, like, chugging, like, 500 megabytes of memory <laughs> piece. I don't... I, it's absurd. It's, like, I get it. Ads don't make money anymore, and they've got to be a little intrusive. Jason addressed this in one of his previous articles, but, dude, oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> Hannah, did you try that? <laughs> because I told you to do it. Yeah, I, I just gave it a try, and um, it hasn't finished loading yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm worried it might kill you, because you have uh, an older computer, and I'm worried it might not survive this process. I have a six-year-old computer, and it's it's like just looking at me being like, <laughs> why? I thought we had an agreement. <laughs> why are you killing me? It's like when you try and run Skyrim on your MacBook. It, like, it just starts like catching on fire. <laughs> 
starts playing fucking needle in the hay. Like it just wasn't <laughs> wasn't meant to do this. So we've talked about how the cracked listicle format just kind of destroyed the entire internet. Now everything does this, right? And it got to the point where Cracked had to stop doing listicles for a bit because it wasn't SEO optimized anymore. Well, they've apparently gone full 360 because now the site is just BuzzFeed. And uh, what used to be four things you didn't know about your favorite blockbuster is now 45 things you didn't know about your favorite <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> about blockbuster, to be clear. Yeah. yeah. The, the listicle inflation is crazy in Some 2021. are just like... Oh, I, I looked at a Reddit thread from two months ago, and you can tell that it's from two months ago because that that part of like the screenshots of the posts are just still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just all Reddit aggregation now, which is so sad because like Reddit used to be downstream from cracked and now they're just like catching any little like little bits of like chum they can get from it. I do remember one of the saddest articles Cracked had. I think this was 2020, but it was like 48 of the most epic dunks on Elon Musk. And it was just a list of tweets and it didn't fucking load because this site is not optimized to run on any computer ever. (laughs) Yeah, just like 20 individual like embedded tweets of people just being like, Elon Musk claims to be anti-socialist, but he's been publicly owned by Gritty. (laughs) Yeah, there's a huge influx of these pseudo picto facts like there's a great article 14 meanings behind commonly Uh misunderstood songs don't get me started on this one and they're all done in like the white and yellow font on an uh you know on the background of a page and it's like all stuff that has been in cracked articles before like Hey, did you know Blackbird is about civil rights? Did you know Born in the USA isn't a patriotic song? Uh, but the best one, the one that yeah. I like screamed and sent it to Esther, it's uh, The One I Love by R.E.M. And it says, often seen as a love song, the lyric, a simple prop to occupy my time, should give away that it's about, and then they change the color, using people. Yeah, that lyric and also all the other lyrics... <laughs> That song. <laughs> Every yeah, it's crazy. There's not there's not a there's not like a cryptic message here. It's just explicitly what the song is about. People might think that the song "Night Swimming" is about taking a nice swim in the early afternoon because that's usually what you would do. <laughs> yeah. But some lyrics reveal it's about something else. <laughs> so look, let's just go through some of these articles because they there is an attempt to recapture the old glory. And uh, most of it is done by this one guy who seems to be the only person who survived the bloodbath of the like five years of layoffs at Cracked, this guy named Mark Hill. Yeah, he wrote like all of these. Yeah, Mark, if you're reading this, like, dude, honestly, respect. Like, how yeah. how the fuck are you doing this? Respect the hustle. Like, these are like real, real Cracked articles in a way that like, well... We'll get to some that are like, you know, 200 words, you know, low effort. But these, no, these, these are proper effort. Yeah, you got, do they got you in a cage somewhere, man? Like, you can, <laughs> if you need, like, if you need to be rescued or something, if, like, the cheeseburger people have you, like, in a, in, like, a martyrs type situation right now, like, just, just signal to us and we can get you out of there, buddy. Um, but, yeah, it's the only way they can have, like, proper long form articles nowadays is by receiving signals from the empty man. Mark Hill is just a name that they give. <laughs> yeah, but the only fun article we read in this, and I like, I trawled through so many, and the only good one, and I, I mean like the one, was four Wikipedia editing scandals that slipped under readers' radars. Now, granted, this does seem very aggregated from r slash hobby drama, and granted. You can tell that they lost their copy editors, as they, as I was told they did in 2020, because there are some egregious spelling errors in this. But, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. I, I, love, I always love hearing about the Scots drama again. The one about the guy who made, like, 10,000 redirect pages for terms for boobs. I did not know that. That's fucking crazy. That was a fun one. And I like that yeah. his defense was like, well, no one would ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most elite forms of gooning I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, and, uh, yo, this this is fun. This is a bunch of fun, like, little stories that are low consequence, but very entertaining. It's the, ty it's the type of stuff you read Cracked for back in the day. And, hell, like, this is why I read, like, r slash hobby drama now. It's, like, it's fun to read about, like, little mini cultures having all these, like, problems. So, yeah, shout out to this. But then, you know, there's uh, some that don't do as well. Like, they're still on the politics tip, and they have... Six reasons Texas's new abortion law will probably be a dumb mess. <laughs> and there's like a running theme in a lot of these articles where they're like, to be clear, we're not just talking about regular conservatism. We're talking yeah. about like alt-rightism. Yeah, there's one of them that's like, uh, did you know that Tucker Carlson used to be kind of reasonable? Now, to be clear, he did say he wanted to attack gay people with like Bowie knives <laughs> if he ever saw them on the street. As early as 2006, but he was more reasonable because he said that we need a democracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because he like owned a website that was like funded <laughs> by fucking David Horowitz and yeah. like all these fucking like goons that just pump out a thousand websites called like truthnews.org. And every single article is just like, these are the double mastectomies they are doing to your baby right now. <laughs> Yeah, but he owned one that, like, for five minutes had, like, on its mass had, like, truth is to honor of dignity. Yeah. <laughs> I have a quick question for you, um, Spencer. You wrote it as a note on one of these. I would have been so annoying about this. Uh, do you want to expand on that? Okay, so, Mark, shout out to you. Um, you wrote the article, Why the Myers-Briggs Personality Test is Nonsense. Yeah. And I just want to say, we had to do a Myers-Briggs test in school. Like, they had us in the fucking computer lab taking it like it was an SAT. Um, and if I learned this in middle school, every single fucking teacher I had would have known this. Every single one would have heard me say about this since I was that type of kid. Spencer. And if I heard this shit, I, I would have been on it. Sometimes it just feels to me like he went to Xavier's gifted school for youngsters. <laughs> oh, basically. Yeah, no, basically. I the I tell everyone this story, but the absolute wildest thing my school did was we had a uh, discrimination day in fifth grade where they did, uh, they like had Jim Crow style segregation throughout the school, but for hair color, just to teach us what <laughs> oh it was like. Oh my God. So they like had like water fountains only kids with certain hair colors could use. <laughs> oh so, like they gave extra homework to kids with certain hair color. It was, <laughs> and it was like funny too because like, like I, every kid was just like, "Oh, this is cool. This is fun." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure the, I'm sure Professor Storm had something to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, I do, again, Myers-Briggs test, absolute pseudoscience. I'm, you know, being a guy who thinks that in 2021 isn't exactly bold or provocative. Like, it's sort mm -hmm. of like saying, hey, do you know astrology isn't real? Like, it's it's not it's not a new thing to say, but, uh, you know, I'm t look, there's, there's crumbs here, okay? One of the articles here was, did Lord release solar power for the sole purpose of making a butt joke? That's and like it's the most BuzzFeed just, one we looked at. It's just like, come a, on. It's just a compilation of tweets about the album and just a Reddit posts about it. Like that's and it. Would you like, believe that it has eleven songs? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, there are there are fifteen words in this entire article. <laughs> yeah, it's it, I, I I'll take I'll take the fucking like five epic gaffes that happen in movies that you don't know about over like. This BuzzFeed stand culture shit. The one that really got me from Mark Hill is um the one that's headlined, uh, well, we should probably talk about Joe Rogan. Because immediately <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do you have, do I, I don't think you're obligated to. You're crack.com. <laughs> yeah, you're not obligated to do that. And I'm not sure who, who the crack.com audience member is in 2021. I mean, there's no crack.com audience in 2021. <laughs> There's like 14 comments per article now. But yeah. uh, I don't know who is still reading Cracked in 2021 after five years of it being turned into the fucking Huffington Post. It's just like, yeah, I just love Joe Rogan. I think, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I agree with you that we need more feminism and gaming and we need female superheroes. But I also think we're, the vaccines aren't real. 
I think they're fake, <laughs> you know? No, I, lo- I-, I love the idea of the person who was like, we- I-, I have been waiting for years to get Cracked's take on the Joe Rogan phenomenon. Like they're fucking, you know, like they're like um, uh, Andrew Sullivan in like the 2000s, where like the most influential voice in America, you yeah. know, online is like, finally Cracked is blessing us yeah. with yeah, their it's, position it's, on this. Yeah, so we need Sam Harris to talk about uh, <laughs> Andrew Tate. That's a yeah. It's like if you couldn't do anything about Jordan Peterson in 2016 when he like still sort of had an audience and you were like writing articles that admitted in the last item on the listicle that it's like, by the way, this won't do shit. It'll just make him stronger. <laughs> Nobody cares. They're like, yeah. what do you think that the Joe Rogan one is gonna do? Yeah. And uh, they're still churning out uh, very boomer opinions on music and movies. Like, the 80s movie guy refuses to die. He's still strong. And, like, his, his cousin, the, the, the 70s rock guy, is also, <laughs> like, refusing to die, too. Because there is an article, Five Reasons All Modern Pop Music Sounds the Same. And this one was, like, me, had me fucking, like, screaming in my room. Because it begins with the guy saying... Um, so, yeah, my favorite artists are Modest Mouse, cool. The National, Neutral Milk Hotel, and Tom Waits. <laughs> and, I mean, like, I like three of those, but... Wait, who's the odd man out? The National. <laughs> okay, the National. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, but, like... Spencer doesn't having... like a band that has a deeper voice than him. <laughs> yeah, no. God, I just remember, I actually did see them live once, and they were pretty good. So maybe I do like there The National. Go. There you go. Um, <laughs> It was in like 2010, but still. Um, no, the national, but putting those four together is just, it's like, again, it's the, the, the music guy version of saying, yeah, my favorite movies are Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, Seven, and yeah. Interstellar. It's like, yeah. well, you can <laughs> like those just, movies. You can like all of those movies, but the, the ones you're choosing are giving painting a picture that isn't very flattering. Yeah. What you're trying to do with that is just like, think about those four artists hard enough and you manifest a tulpa of like a girl from 2006 with square glasses that's gonna fuck you (laughs) i like the bit at the beginning of this one where it says when someone writes about mainstream pop music on the internet it broadly falls into one of two camps a right-wing culture warrior is holding up little umlauts hit single coochies and lutes as the final unimpeachable proof of america's moral decline or b contrarian music review sites posting that sarah karen jenna's new album i hate my boyfriend i love my boyfriend qualifies as the great american novel and if you disagree you should go back to the combination vinyl store slash activated charcoal gastropub you insufferably pretentious asshole and it's like no i mean you're right i mean both of those things are fucking stupid (laughs) and they are (laughs) everywhere yeah no it's uh uh it's it's true sadly um but I also got mad at him saying, like, oh, did you know that albums now are just singles collections? And it's like, <laughs> that's not new. Like, have you listened to a single fucking Credence Clearwater Revival album? Those have, like, three songs you've heard a hundred times. And then them just going ooga booga over a fucking <laughs> blues beat. Like, the, 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 the album... Albums have always been, like, a thing that only, like, half of artists in the mainstream pay attention to, and the rest of them pad them out. This is, no, this is absolutely just in, insufferable boomer-tier bullshit, or they're saying, like, there's no bands anymore, and it's like, yeah, there is. <laughs> there is, man. First of all, he's like, he says that, and then he mentions BTS, like, in the next paragraph. <laughs> yeah. He also says, uh... Uh, garage band is too ubiquitous which is like okay for starters it's not 2009 anymore yeah <laughs> everyone's everyone's got like a like a pro tools like in melodyne yeah. they've got that shit on their computer now he's, he's like gonna take it's like Miter down a peg <laughs> yeah no it's like umbrella was built around a garage band loop and it's like yeah but that's a good loop so i don't fucking care next question <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and he it, it's they're still keeping up this you know obnoxious uh you know gen x boomer stuff going on and they're also still like relitigating the culture wars of their glory days like there's an article about blurred lines and i was like what the fuck what that one was crazy <laughs> crazy in 2021 or was that 2022 
just like in case you Last forgot two years ago <laughs> They saw the uh, millions that Todd and Shadows is uh, racking in off of uh, One Hit Wonderland and were like, ooh, we could do this, but in text and with two readers. No, they even yeah. have, they rip him off in this. They say, oh, this is our new series, One Hit Blunders. <laughs> I was Todd, you need to sue. Like, yeah, Todd. <laughs> they are fucking ripping you blow. off. <laughs> Yeah, nitpicking pop music, talking about like forgotten '90s albums. They're stealing your whole, bo- like they're stealing all your shit, man. <laughs> and uh, it's again, it's just all saying like, yeah, the song's lyrics are a little toxic masculinity. I think like that's just the whole article. It's like I, I could not escape this discussion for three fucking years, man. <laughs> like when I heard this song at my fucking freshman prom, all that like all these think pieces just beamed into my head, like. <laughs> No, no, you can't do this. We're not talking about blurred lines again. We're not doing this. Were there any articles that stood out to you two? Oh, let's um or... definitely hit a bunch of the ones I was thinking of. Um there's another one that's like 21 of the saddest scenes where nobody dies that is literally just like <laughs> screen count Reddit comments. Yeah. Yeah. Just sad. Yeah, that's it's brutal and some of these, like, Little Miss Sunshine is one of them. I haven't seen Little Miss Sunshine, Sunshine but I... Number 15 is Oscar Schindler wishing he could have saved <laughs> more people. And thank I God nobody cheating. died in that scene. I think that one doesn't count. That's a technicality. Um, so you, you may be saving this for later, but the one that, like, just really destroyed me as far as not being uh, good was Five Fun Things to Do After Divorce. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no disrespect to the guy who wrote this, uh, <laughs> since we're like two degrees of separation away from him. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not trying to start shit here, but, uh. <laughs> no, it's like, I've, I've listened to podcasts that he's on and he's like a perfectly funny guy, but it's just like, I think that if you are just, oh shit, uh, I got a, a bill here. Uh, let me just write some crack.com house style stuff and get $50 off of it. All right, done. Um, yeah, it's it's nowhere near as funny as the Gladstone article on the same subject because uh, Gladstone was actually divorced when he wrote that. <laughs> nowhere yeah. near as He could never compare to Gladstone complaining about his like house being too sad now. Sorry. (laughs) This one is just like wacky, right? It's like the five list ideas are become the Batman, join a weird sex cult, take to the sea, become really horny on Instagram, and have sex with Chuck E. Cheese. This one is like, it calls back to like the very first ones we read for this series. Yes. Yes. There's not really any commentary in these. It's just like, yeah, it's literally, it's just like, here's some goofy jokes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, which makes it's it bizarre tough. to see in 2022. Yeah, no, it's good. Everything old is new again. Like it's just back to where it started. It's like it's turned into BuzzFeed, and it's also turned into like vintage, vintage cracked, but not as good. I also love the all of the film followers we have will love the list 1950s comedies that work pretty well in 2023. <laughs> You guys aren't going to believe this. Some of these movies from the 50s hold up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, oh, go on. The last of these articles that I wanted to to highlight was uh, Party Down knew what toxic fandom was before anyone else. Oh. <laughs> that one was published less than a year ago as we record this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, toxic fandom, that's not something, that's not a real thing anymore. Like, that was, I think this article complains about, like, the Snyder cut people, and it's like, no, those weren't, like, toxic fans. Those were just Brazilians. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, it's it's just, like, the whole thing is being, like, did you know that Party Down had, like, a nerd character who has a bad personality? And it's, it's taking that and extending it out to, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of words worth of this really had its finger on the pulse and it warned us and we didn't listen. And it's also like really self-flagellating in this bizarre way where it's like, I know that per- but for the grace of God go I. Like I could also be this annoying guy who like calls women whores if I didn't like watch Party Down and be warned against it. 
Oh, there's a there's a great paragraph in this. Most of the world's nerds are normal people, or at least inoffensively bland. But it's the Romans of the world, Romans the character, who are leading obnoxious campaigns to release the Snyder Cut, inventing conspiracies about underpaid game journalists, harassing critics and creators who dare to suggest the Marvel Universe isn't perfect, and to purge heterodox Star Wars opinions. I love how that makes it sound like they're like race science related Star Wars opinions. <laughs> that's, that's four different guys, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, the, it's like the people who are like sending people death threats uh, about the Eternals aren't the same people who are like aren't asking elon musk to intervene on behalf of the snyder cut like yeah. those aren't the yeah. same person yeah it's just like you you get 15 paragraphs into this and it's like and by the way i think roman would have been part of the hashtag alita army <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they're part of the freaking fandom menace yeah. <laughs> shout out to the alita guys um who who still revere esther as their god queen to some extent i love them i i i I just I do want to take a second to say I love you and I love every time I post about something you'll be if I post about like President Biden you'll be like well I, he he should uh, should put a, put his energy into making the Alita sequel. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of them that used to have just like a, a profile picture of himself in a karate gi and he changed it to just I think like a picture of Alita um, and it's like. That's totally fine. I get that you like Alita, but like I totally miss seeing the karate guy just show up in Esther's <laughs> matches and be like, "Yes, ma'am, your soldier reports in." I love no, them. Those guys I, are so I wish cool. all of them the best in the new year. Yeah, they're the they're the film version of the people who are still commenting on XXX Tentacion's Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're those those people are wonderful, and I will I will leave it I will even stand by the fucking last jedi psychos because they're at least a funny they're like a throwback type of reactionary like they're they're like they're a type of reactionary that i thought died after gamergate but then you still have guys just like hashtag sjw film critics are pretending that the new hashtag star wars show is good <laughs> like it's no the last jedi was like if you own the game sekiro if you die um you could like press uh, r1 to resurrect a single time um, and then Last Jedi was kind of like that for the Gamer Gate guys. It was like, yeah, no. <laughs> this is my last chance. <laughs> I used to hate read like Last Jedi guy accounts so much just because like there was something so like pure and simple minded about them. Yeah. Like just just so beautiful. Like in an internet where like every third account is some guy called like Based Frog Hitler and is just posting like Wojaks of like people being lynched. And you just see this one guy who's like complaining about like Rose Tico and Star Wars. I'm like, bless your heart. You're so beautiful. I want to I, I want to cherish and protect you. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's the uh, that's the articles. It's really dire and sad. Like, I feel bad even making fun of it. Like, this was all none of these were written by a human being. Yeah, it's it, yeah. The site has just died a very slow, sad death. And we yeah, are seeing and like, you know the the bits that are flying out as the vultures pick at its corpse oh, they have it's a picto so... fact that says 22 of the funniest tweets in january 5th 2024 that's today today <laughs> <laughs> it's seven o'clock <laughs> there weren't 22 good tweets period today man <laughs> yeah uh oh. picto fact 12 infinitesimally infinitesimally small bits of trivia that are barreling into the center of your brain on a tiny yellow school bus. What? Wait. <laughs> Wait. What? Twelve infinitesimally small bits of trivia that are barreling into the center of your brain on a tiny yellow school bus. Again, AI. This is all just... A what the fuck is this article? What? That's crazy. Okay. This is just like, hey, in the in the Roman times, there was a clown that was weird. <laughs> um, I'm on this uh, 22 of the funniest tweets from today thing. And what's insane about it to me is that um, they, the crop on these screenshots of the tweets are, uh, they include like the number of replies and retweets and likes, but it's it's from after whoever collected these like liked them so you can see that all of them have been liked but only like a quarter of them or so have been retweeted <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the implicit hierarchy there is really making me laugh yep so i want you all out there 
you get a viral tweet, you can make it onto one of crack.com's daily top 20 articles about tweets. God, that's really, really grim. Just having to sift through like fave star accounts every single day to find this stuff. Damn. Oh, God. So that's the articles. It's over. It's dead. It's only a matter of time before the site gets sold again or shut down. I don't know what the internal financials look like. I imagine it's such a skeleton crew that they can just like keep it up. They get like $50 a fucking month and they use that to pay one guy to write all of the articles. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty grim. But, you know, written media is dying anyways. We've, we're in a video era, you know. Facebook wasn't totally wrong about that. So let's look at the video content since after all the video content shut down in 2017, three years later, they made an attempt to start it back up again. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's really, really bad. It's much worse than any of the stuff we watched for the previous episode. This, um, Jordan breeding guy, he is absolute bottom of the We barrel. have to put a stop to him. <laughs> I yeah, can't believe no. how, how much of him I've had to watch today. Yeah. So also important, like they were doing full on like shows and series before those episodes capped out at like nine minutes. These yeah. are like 20, 20 to like, there's some that are like over an hour. <laughs> it's, it's, which again, that's just the YouTube meta right now. You got to have long videos. You get money based on viewer retention, which I mean, I doubt this shit's retaining anyone, but who knows? Yeah. So the first series is your brain on cracked. And I don't know. It's just him like nitpicking movies in front of a camera and doing bad improv. It's it's world's slowest Dan O'Brien. That's what is got it, me yeah. about it is how slow it is. Yeah, he d- delivers the j- like I started it on two x speed, and but I was like, <laughs> no, I'll be fair. I'll watch at least you know the first one at one x speed, and it's so slow. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and he's like the movies he's choosing to take down a peg. It's like yeah, hey. You know what movie doesn't make sense? Twilight. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man, thanks. Hey, you know that Elf has some logical leaps or whatever? It's like, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on here. Like, Yeah, the, the, the Twilight thing is like, can you please communicate when you return to 2007 that the COVID <laughs> pandemic is coming? <laughs> Yeah, no, I know you've got some looper type things here. Like, I know you can fucking make this work. Yeah, they're so slow and there's no like, that's the thing too is like the internet moves so fast now and like the take economy is also so fucking fast that like why the Star Wars sequel trilogy was doomed from the opening crawl. This was released May 8th, 2020. We were getting those like the day Rise of Skywalker dropped. Like, (laughs) none of of the points that he's making are, like, anything new. Like, you know, back when Cracked was making its articles, some of these insights you could say, yeah, these are pretty, like, interesting insights or stuff we didn't know about. But, like, social media and just the internet at large has exploded so much that, like, trying to have a new angle on something like Star Wars in May of 2020 is fucking impossible. Yeah. Like, Esther has a, a friend uh, who does YouTube stuff under her name, Cath at Midnight. Very fun channel. Very sweet guy. Shout out. Shout out. And um, he, like, will actively apologize in his videos if he's like, uh, guys, I wasn't able to see Indiana Jones at Dial of Destiny on opening weekend, so this is two weeks late in a sense, but here's my thoughts on why it was a, a two out of five movie. <laughs> And it's like, that's just the meta, you know? It's like, if he misses those very narrow opening windows, then it's like, well, might as well just talk about Zorro. That's the thing. Like, I think what Crack doesn't understand is like, if you're going to be late, don't even bother. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. talk about something else. Like, no one, I, I think they thought they were just, could were like able to coast on um, the Cracked brand name. Again, it's like, oh, everyone will want to hear what the Cracked take is on this. But I don't think the brand name had any cultural cachet online yeah. at this point. Like, no one gave a fuck. Do you want to talk about honest ads? Because speaking of slow, these videos no, felt like... These videos felt like I smoked a pack of American spirits <laughs> before watching them. They, they've done this exact idea, like, several times before. Uh, like, I think uh, Katie had one of them. 
Um, it's it's just like again they 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 have the same idea like every seven years where it's like oh we could do stuff where we just like do ads but they're being way too honest about something these also aren't even ads after a certain point they're like no. ads for the concept of jobs they're just skits yeah but yeah. they're also written in this like i don't know how to describe it except for like it's this like john green voice almost where it's like i will use the my you know squares with faces on them meaning money and then yeah. I, and i will use them to on my device where i push little squares that's a computer you know like it all has this weirdly like um oh you know what it is it's the it's the comics about the aliens that turned out to be written by the pro-life guy you remember those yeah where all the comics were like um oh your eyes are shedding water may i offer you some comfort yeah yeah no it's weird that they're doing this so late for starters and two nothing that's being said here is like punchy or funny like it's correct i mean yeah all the stuff about like uh, if job ads were honest or if indeed was honest and it's like yes all this stuff is true but it's what everyone knows so you have to have something funny to say or you have better have something new to say and it's got neither it's got this very very old guy who was in buffalo 66 apparently uh All of these people, all of the people of these, including him, are like onion video rejects. It like is the vibe I got off them. It's like they weren't hot enough for the, you know, high caliber, fast paced world of the onions YouTube page. Yeah. (laughs) uh, In the If Jobs Were Honest video, one of the guys looks like uh, my friend, uh, if my friend Seamus Malakuf Zali was white. Um, yeah, the craziest part of this to me, though, is that the, uh, that whole, like, John Green, Jomney Sun type vibe, they just give up on it after a while, like, the dating one, it's like, for about 30 seconds, they're like, ah, welcome to my new video game, where you madly swipe on people with your slimy hands so that you can see genitals, and then, for the rest of it, it's just saying what dating apps are and not even doing that bit anymore. They had a whole show about this too. It's grim. Like they had a whole show. <laughs> dating apps are crazy. And it's like, yeah, all right, all right. Once more with feeling. Let's do this. Yeah, no, again. And the the guy that they're having MC this is like has a fucking like grandpa Simpson cadence. Like he's not like a funny <laughs> curmudgeonly old guy, which is like if you're going to hire like an like a 70-year-old actor to host this stuff, you like you want him to be grouchy. But at this time, everything he's just saying, like, and then you get the job, which is something that you do with your hands, which is what (laughs) we did back in my day. We worked with our hands. Yeah. What he feels like is a guy who just, like, was part of some, you know, like, uh, voice acting mill Whereas like he gets paid five dollars by four chat users in like two thousand nine yeah. to just say like greetings everyone Millhouse is not a meme. <laughs> yeah, no, no, just read a speech from fucking Gurren Lagann or whatever in his office, and yeah. then and now he's doing stuff for correct. Maybe that's more dignified, but just yeah, they 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 suck. They're not funny. I, I like every single day when I log on to Twitter, I see like a hundred jokes about this stuff. Like I see all this stuff about dating apps and indeed, and even the stuff that like makes me want to punch a wall is funnier than this. Like I don't, I don't need to see the worst tweets of 2021 turned into a skit. That's not, that's not what I asked for or what anyone asked for. Let's continue on to uh, another series. Yeah. Can which... we talk about this matrix bullshit? Yeah, um, I made it through two minutes of this. <laughs> I got like five, and then I, I bailed. I, I made yes. it about five, and then I sort of skipped ahead to like see the transitions between movies. Um, and he continues to do this bit where he'll just like be wearing like I don't know an outfit that Michael Swain would be wearing in a skit from two thousand nine <laughs> of like a homeless guy, um, and like like he's being jacked into the Matrix. But oh man, the the thing that made me like want to just turn this off immediately is that he, he's explaining the Matrix, which, like, okay, I guess there are people who need that. Like, if if you're talking about, like, the Gen Alpha audience. Um, yeah. But he explains it by at one point by making a Bill and Ted reference, and it's like, man, who's that for? <laughs> <laughs> who's the person who needs the Matrix explained to them, but knows what Bill and Ted is already? Well, this is for, like, people who have already seen the Matrix and are just like, 
Yeah, I'd love to watch The Matrix again, but like, I don't know. I want a guy talking about it too. See, that's like, the thing. I'm not sure it is. I think I think this is for people who have not seen The Matrix movies and don't want to and would rather just watch an hour-long video of a guy explaining every single thing that happens in all of them. Yeah, no, but this is like, this is just a nostalgia critic video on two times speed. No, exactly. Like, that is exactly what it is. It's the nostalgia like there's critic. Like, yeah, there's like riffs like snuck in there or whatever, but this whoever is doing this doesn't have the Doug Walker magic. Like there's no there's no beauty and there's no joy that Doug Walker brought to the table. It's I just think a guy. this is Jordan breeding. <laughs> yeah, and the reason yes. I think that is because if you go to his personal YouTube page now, he has just fully transitioned to doing this kind of video for various like franchises. He did a, a Fifty Shades of Grey one a month ago that has twenty six thousand views, which like I mean oh, that's sad. That's more than, than like this podcast gets listeners, but like still. It's, he really, like, you could tell that he was hoping that this type of thing would build him an audience. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's the case. I'm yeah. sorry, dude. Yeah, no. And again, these are so fucking long. Like, I know editing is outsourced usually with stuff. Although, like, I don't know with him, maybe not. But, like, goddamn, dude, you had to, you're had you spending hour explaining the Matrix movies, an hour and 15 explaining the Resident Evil movies, an hour and 18 explaining the Underworld movies. Like just this is so much work and it's so fucking long yeah the, the I, I fucking like, nightmare on elm street one is two hours and ten minutes <laughs> i like the idea though that it's somebody who's like seen all these movies in question is watching these things that are like about half the length of the actual movies and just like pumping their fist to every like repeated riff and be like yes tell me that trinity looks good in leather do it again <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was like, okay, I'll watch 10 minutes of this. I'm not watching a full hour. And then, like, two minutes in, it was so, like, hyperactive and annoying. I was just like, uh, no, <laughs> fuck off. So uh, then there's the one that is, like, I, I hesitate to use the word best, but, like, the most uh, the most worthwhile. And it's because it's got one of their veterans on it. Someone who we didn't ever fucking talk about on uh, the regular series that's winston Tree. he drew comics for cracked and because of the nature of the show we never really discussed his work it was uh it was pretty annoying uh i will say <laughs> let me pull up the uh spec ops the line thing he made real quick um oh, i bet that was really insightful <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna pull this up because hannah have you seen that no okay um uh, i'm just gonna i'm gonna edit this down so the Winston Rontree drew comics, and right now I am pulling up one he made comparing Spec Ops The Line to Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse Now. And uh, I'm just going to get Hannah's, uh, Hannah's reaction in real time to it. Oh, I think I remember this, but okay. Let's, um, if, if I have seen this and I haven't seen it for like a decade. The lessons learned. Okay, what I recall from the same story in three different videos. Uh-huh. Colonialism is bad. Like, really, really bad. It's hot near the equator. It would probably be a big war in the early to mid-20th century. This is useful to know. Okay, the Apocalypse Now one is larger. And uh, and, and that means that it's there's more uh, information here. Harrison Ford looks really unrecognizable in glasses. Yeah, he was in the movie. I know, right? No, that's not a surprise. <laughs> I don't think that's something that just you noticed. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, the Spec Ops Delight one is, oh, it's, it's so rough. It's a mon, I think it's a monologue from the game. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it might be. Is Spec Ops so, Delight that bad? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really rough. Yeah, no, Spec Ops the Line, Spec Ops the Line was like hyped up like crazy by like the extra credits and all the escapist people who are very into like games as art or whatever because it's a game that's like damn what if first person shooters were kind of fucked up and then like almost immediately everyone was like no this just sucks and is stupid yeah. <laughs> this is like playing a semiotics class what the fuck is this oh uh, that's really fucking rough yeah no but he animates these uh videos and they're i think they're like the the s successors to the cracked experience stuff um, which, you know, if you're going to pivot anything to video, that's not a bad idea. And it's a uh, disturbing things hotels want to tell you, but can't. And it's an animated video about how 
when uh, you live in a hotel or when you work at a hotel, you see a lot of people dying, a lot of people killing themselves. A this lot guy of thinks the hotel off. workers live at the hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Now they have a lot of bedrooms, Spencer, but those are pretty guests. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wouldn't know. I, I've been trying to live at an ice cream shop. So. <laughs> yeah, and again, they're, they're like the uh, the Cracked Experiences articles. Uh mm-hmm. They're moderately informative, they're mildly entertaining, they're lightly amusing, and you can consume them in video form now so you don't have to read. You know, that's a win-win situation. And unsurprisingly, these do the best numbers-wise. Like, these all, this one has like 150,000 views. It's, um, I was surprised by this one because like, I couldn't tell for a while whether it was like a Cracked Experiences thing. And I like looked at the, at the credits and it just says like written by Jordan Breeding, but I guess that's him just like doing the script for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, if it is like this is the sort of like dramatized um, and, you know, punched up version of like somebody's uh, actual experiences, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Jordan, you know, good for you. We, we talk shit, but these are fun. These aren't yeah. bad. This is worse ways to make it in the in the AI world. Speaking of AI, actually, I do need to comment on the second one of these. Um, what? The why your college application was rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I li- I do actually think this was written by ChatGPT. Like, I, I oh. actually do think that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Explain. There's, and the, what sold me immediately was the first lines. Um, you know, it's this kid, you know, in someone's off- admissions office. And the guy at the desk says, pleasure to meet you. I'm Matt. And I possibly ruined your life by rejecting your college application. You probably have a lot of questions. And the kid says, oh, just what actually? What object here can I use to hit you with? (laughs) I'm sorry, ChatGPT wrote that. (laughs) That has all the red flags for me. Yeah, no, I can confirm that because um, I've been dating a ChatGPT girl for the last (laughs) few months. And she says that to me like every night. (laughs) I thought it was kind of like our thing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> Amazing Spencer sound. <laughs> it also says yeah. later, universities love to give the impression that the review of your application is some exact science. The reality is anything but that. No, they don't. First of all, <laughs> they don't pretend it's an exact science. I think everyone who's ever applied to college has been like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's whether or not they like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% that. I, um, so, I I had a interview uh, for one college where the guy who's doing it was this like insane eccentric like inventor whose like family were Holocaust survivors and like one of the first things he did was say like show me your hands and then I I, I show him my hands and he says you have a poet's hands the Nazis would have killed you on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> getting into college is like at least 20 percent. does that guy like your poet's hands or not (laughs) yeah no i like the part where they say like hey if you have like personal problems or familial traumas like you shouldn't open up about them on college essays it's like (laughs) what are you talking about man like no yeah just say you were molested on that college essay they'll give you they'll let you in for that shit first if you're currently a ninth grader jump out of a tree and break your arm because that way no matter what you will have a traumatic experience in your college (laughs) essay yeah like if if don draper did the hershey's pitch today he would like get all the fucking (laughs) awards also i gotta say like you would say well it doesn't make us more likely to accept your application if you talk about like sexual abuse or whatever and it's like well actually would you be more likely to take that essay or another one about a grandparent dying So, yeah, no, bad, bad fucking advice from there. Uh, There's two more series. Uh, There's actually three more, but I just forgot to watch one. It was called $20 Movies, and it was movies remade for $20. Uh, I'm sure it's very scintillating, and I'm sorry that I didn't do my due diligence. That's like Uh, a 2000s thing. Yeah, that's like Be Kind Rewind to kind of cover that territory. Yeah, Yeah. I, I... I, I remember, like, listening to this, like, kid that I had a crush on in, like, 2007 tell me what sweeting was. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> okay, so if I, if I pull up on my, like, iPhone 3 for you, the trailer to the new Watchmen movie that they're making, could you tell me, like, how you would sweet this? <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was the most romantic thing I've ever done. <laughs> 
But uh, there's staff picks, which is a bunch of people at a video store, and they pick out a VHS and they talk about the movies. Very this inoffensive, very harmless. It's uh, it's giving like early, early podcast. Like, yeah, this is the type of podcasts people had before everyone had to be like pretend to be funny. Like this is they, this is like they a, seem like sweet and likable people. This one did piss me off though because of just like the sheer amount of um. Gosh, how, how do I put this? It's like four Greg Turkingtons at a table. <laughs> it's, it's, all, like, it's still all 80s movie guys. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the gimmick is that like we are going to create the ultimate video store because everybody's nostalgic for those. And the way we're going to do that is to go to an existing video store. And the four of us will each pick out one movie from like a genre and we'll bring it to the table and argue over like who's is the best pick. Yeah, and, and it's all eighties movie type stuff. Yeah, it's eighties yeah. and nineties movies. It's in the first episode, the one that you had us watch. Um, it's action is the category they're looking for, and the four that they pick are Terminator Two. Okay, that's like kind of a chalk pick. Fine. Uh, Starship Troopers, Stargate, and Galaxy Quest. And, like, I get that you're working with, like, what's just physically in the video store. <laughs> but it, 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 yeah. in that case, like, it feels like doing Iron Chef. Like, it, what's in your friend, like, Connor's, like, fridge where he's, like, <laughs> he's got an orange juice that he won't let you touch because it's his mixer. He's got, like, three half-opened packages of cheese. Uh, and he's got, like, uh, some cereal that, like, you're, you've told him once or twice, like, you know, you're not supposed to refrigerate that, man. <laughs> it's so weird because, like... The, the category they're given is action, and then at the end, it's like, guys, you all picked sci-fi movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Galaxy also... Quest is not an action movie. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they just straight up get told, like, why did you pick Galaxy Quest here? Like, that's... <laughs> I would have voted for it for comedy. Like, if you just bring Galaxy Quest again, I'll probably have your back on that one. <laughs> yeah, I would love to pick, like, a Johnny Toe movie and have the rest of the episode be the rest of the cast torturing me to death. I think yeah. be... Well, that's what's funny about this premise. It's like... I feel, if, at least for this specific episode, I don't know if, like, you know, later on they they get into more, like, obscure picks or whatever. But it is funny to be like, we're building the ultimate video store, and we're choosing what we think should, uh, what we would bring along. And it's like, damn, thank God you brought Terminator 2. I don't know if that would have made the cut otherwise. <laughs> no, they, they actually eliminate Terminator 2. Patrick Willems gets bullied out of it for Yeah, that that, it's him reason. on this. It's him on that fucking show. I, like, screamed yeah. when I saw it was him. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. He looks like the guy that gets stabbed on a rooftop by Powers Booth at the end of Deadwood. <laughs> but no, it's they're so clearly just like figuring out this, figuring this all out in real time, and like not having any sense of like what are we judging this by? Is it like are we doing the best movie we can find, or like the one that we would want to show to the most zoomers, or like how action does something have to be? And it's very awkward, very just like in real time. Like again, it's. None of these people, like, made me want to stop listening to them the way that, like, uh, Dr. Jordan breeding stuff, uh, which is really graded. But it was very clearly just, like, this first take on something where it's like, okay, why don't we just roll that same one again? But you all kind of know what you're doing this time. Yeah, uh, it's, it's inoffensive. And again, Patrick Willems being on here was like, oh, they pulled him. how they, how they do view-wise? 26,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. seen, like, when I was watching just videos for previous episodes, I saw kind of, like, in the up next things, just, like, YouTube shorts that are clips from this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they're really trying to push this. They really want this to be their new flagship. But, um, I mean, what does it do for you? What's the audience for this? Like, who who is watching YouTube shorts and also just wants to see, like, Four people with your uncle's taste in movies, like, talk about fucking I think you hard. might be surprised about the audience for YouTube Shorts. <laughs> well, no, but I'm YouTube it's Shorts has an audience, but what's the overlap between those two? Yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is when I, when I scroll through my YouTube Shorts, half of them are just, like, guys sitting around with microphones saying, like, uh, so did you guys fucking see Saltburn? <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm wrong then. Uh, this is going to be the most popular show of all time. It's going to be bigger than Red Letter Media. Yeah. I've put a lot of money on its success, so I hope yeah, so. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'm a, I was one of the big financial backers for this. I gave them 
$300 million, and I am not <laughs> seeing that money on screen. Straight from the Patreon, which I can't yeah, wait no. to see the return, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, I, I gave them, like, three months Patreon and, uh, like, my last two paychecks. Just, I wanted, <laughs> wanted to have them to have some walking three, around money. Yeah. In case you were wondering, three months Patreon is $30 billion for us. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Esther only works at a coffee shop for the love of the game. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so that she could like capture the heart of like I don't know Jeffrey Tubin or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. And finally, <laughs> so guess who's back? One last time, it's the man you know and love. It's Michael fucking Swaim, and he returned to Crack.com for a series called Disney Owns You. And uh, what was the reason he came back? Well, there's a subtle clue at the beginning of each of these episodes. <laughs> Which is that both of the ones we watched start with a little promo that's like, hey, it's Michael Swain. I'm doing a Kickstarter for my new feature film. And, uh, you know, if you like what we do here, and it just shows clips of, like, all the old Cracked videos that he was in. It's like, if you like me, maybe go over to that URL and uh, check it out. We're raising money yeah. for the movie. It's like, clearly he returned to Cracked on the condition that he was allowed to plug that in every episode. Yeah. And, like, all the comments on these videos are just like, thank you for coming back, Michael Swain. The site is no longer failing gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, these videos are... It's just like that fucking like dating app show again. It's like the the general premise of every two every fucking cracked comedy video is just like okay, we've got three people in a room and they each represent an, a concept and then we're going to have these two concepts riff with each other. It's all fucking wizard conversations, man. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Cuz the and these ones the premise is just like all right, you uh, the first one's very funny because it's like, oh, uh, what happened the day that Disney bought Marvel? And the and like the concept is just like, you know how everyone knows Marvel comics are like a bastion of creative integrity. <laughs> Imagine if they were confronted with the soul sucking realities of Disney. Yeah, no, I did. There was one joke I chuckled at, which is uh, when they're doing the one with Star Wars when Disney bought Star Wars, and um, they said, oh. We forgot to put in our contract that you will not call us white slavers. Do we need to, like, update that? And George Lucas is like, ah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they actually, they should say that that one also contained my only chuckle of the week, mm-hmm. which is when uh, George Lucas is throwing out, like, subtitles for future Star Wars films. And the first one he says is, the Jedi formula. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that got me. All right, that's fine. The the part that I like about that one is that, like, it's still trying to, in the same way that, like, 80s movie guy is just pervasive here, this is still trying to wring blood out of the stone of, like, uh, the prequels are fail, they gave you a lightsaber, how dare they? When it's, like, the only time the prequels get talked about these days are from, like, either millennials who are like, did you know those prequels are secretly Marxist and awesome? (laughs) Or, like, Zoomers who are just, like, uh, Dexter Jetster is my glove shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all just like 19-year-old Redditors making Kit Fisto fan cams, which is what I would have done if I were the same age demographic, probably. Of course. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> and, uh, Wat Tambor! Yeah, no, it's okay, so okay, funny that's to have... that's different. Wat Tambor is real. <laughs> <laughs> also, Kit Fisto found alive in South Africa. <laughs> never saw One the body. year old Kit Fisto. Yeah, no, we never saw the body. If Boba Fett can still be alive, Kit Fisto can still be alive, too. (laughs) (laughs) He's living with Tupac right now. (laughs) Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just funny to see them come back and, like, imagine an old crack show, but at, like, 25% energy levels. Like, in those old videos, Swaim was mugging it up for the camera so much and just trying, like, 85 different accents. And this one, he's just, like... Yeah, it's crazy that Disney is bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, and now we have reached the end. Crack.com is a shambling husk of the site it once was, and it's never coming back. The whole internet is like this now, and online comedy is dead. Uh, that, that's probably not true, but it feels very dramatic to say it. No, but there is a silver lining, and it's that a lot of the people who were at Cracked and during its golden years have actually pretty successfully pivoted to other stuff. Cody Johnson has an extremely successful YouTube channel called Some More News Now, 
He's like in the bread tube sphere, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah. I mean, Soren Bowie wrote for American Dad. Uh, I think Dan O'Brien wrote for fucking Last Week Tonight. So, mm-hmm. like, a lot of these guys have made it onto bigger and better things. And even those that haven't or at least seem to be having a good time with, like, podcasts and shit. So it's not too sad of a story at the end of the day, but if you were invested in this website at all and look at it now, it's uh, it's something to behold. But that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening to, despite it being our shortest season, our most high-effort season ever, <laughs> this was... A shockingly large amount of research and work to do. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun, and I think we got a very nice snapshot of the way the internet has changed for better and for worse, mostly for the worse, over the past, like, 15 years. So thank you all for listening so much. Once again, if you like Get Cynical, please subscribe to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash TGOFV, and you will get access to episodes where Esther and I review horror movies that you have never seen before and never will. We are also going to be talking about some other stuff that we missed, like John dies at the end, and we're going to be reading some of Gladstone's book. So look forward to that. I am so excited. But yeah, (laughs) thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. And uh, next season's going to be a treat. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.